The advice and opinions expressed by the host of Autism Live and her guests are meant solely as suggestion and should not be in any way construed as child-specific advice. The Center for Autism and Related Disorders advises working with a board-certified behavior analyst who has experience with autism before starting any intensive behavioral intervention. Any choices you make in determining your child's treatment are completely at your own discretion. Welcome to Autism Live. I'm Shannon Penrod. We're coming to you live from the Warner Center in Woodland Hills, California. Live, live, live. Uh, thrilled to be here with you this morning and have an opportunity to talk with you. This is going to be a very special episode of Autism Live um, because we're going to cover a lot of things that uh, you guys have been writing in on. And we're, we're going to have the, the chat open almost the whole hour once we get through the jargon a day um, with you able to ask questions. And we're going to give you... Um, so many of you in the last 24 hours have written in and said either that you are currently either self-quarantining or that you are you are quarantined because you've been exposed to someone with your child who's on the autism spectrum, uh, that you're afraid of if you're having to be quarantined. Um, a lot of different questions that are out there. And so we felt that it's time to quiet everybody's fears and start to give you things that you can be planning so that if there's any amount of time when somebody in your family is sick or that you are being quarantined so that you don't get sick, that we will be able as parents to be able to effectively deal with that with our child who's on the autism spectrum. So we're gonna do a lot of self-help things, not, and we're gonna talk most especially about how to quiet anxiety because anxiety is the thing that just about tips the boat over, right? If you're watching the news, there's so many things that it's like, ah, right? We don't need to deal with any of that. We're really gonna deal with some very practical things and how to make them fun for our kiddos. We were talking on the show yesterday with Dr. Doreen Grampiche, somebody wrote it in and said, how do I teach my child about coronavirus? And we were saying, let's not. If you've got a child on the autism spectrum, let's not fill their head with all the things that they probably wouldn't have a, an understanding of even if they were neurotypical, right? But that they can have an understanding of the fear um, that is pervasive right now throughout our society. Instead, let's give them a bunch of new behaviors that keep them safe and keep them happy. So we're going to be talking about all of that uh, and ever so much more. So Traven's going to show you a lot of the different ways that you can connect with us here on the show and that you can have your thoughts and your feelings and your questions and concerns answered. We're going to do our level best to answer anything that you guys send in today. And it could be on any topic, right? But we're especially going to be doing our mindfulness moment and talking about when we're having fear and anxiety about the things that are happening, how to help our kiddos when they're having fear and anxiety, how to prepare ourselves, what are the things that we want to, practices that we want to be putting in place with our kiddos. So write in and say what it is that you, anything though, right? Um, 
And I want to remind you that our homepage is autism-live.com. And uh, please feel free to check out our library of videos. Even when we're not live, there are more hours of Autism Live on that website that you can go to and on our YouTube channel and on iTunes than you can possibly consume, uh, probably in a lifetime. So uh, you don't have to just start watching. Search by topic. If there's something going on specifically in your house that you want to know, how do I deal with this? Uh, do that. Now, we're going to continue to be doing shows and continue to have guests and experts that you can be writing questions in. Um, but if it's 3 o'clock in the morning and we're not here, look at what we've done in the past because there's quite a bit of stuff that's there that I think you'll find is useful. And it's all free to you, and I'm really proud of that. Uh, I also want to mention that on our live feature, there is uh, at the bottom of, the, of our um, autism-live.com, our website. That's the word I'm looking for. There's uh, a button that says chat. And if you click that, I have to tell you that that is not staffed 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But if you click it and you type in your question, it does eventually get to me. The tough part is if you're not watching the live show, you wouldn't be able to see the answer to it unless you give me your email in that chat and then I can email you directly back. And usually it is me, although sometimes I will farm that out to an expert. I go, I just know that this person is the person for you to talk to. All right, does that sound all good to you? I'm so glad that you guys are here with us today. Okay, so uh, I like to start the show by saying that I'm not an expert in pretty much anything. <laughs> I am not certainly not an expert in the field of autism. I'm an autism mom, very proud autism mom. Man, my young son is pretty spectacular. He was diagnosed at two and a half and he's now about to be 17 this summer and doing spectacularly. And why do I think that he's doing spectacularly? Because we got the right help and support at the right time. And I say we because it wasn't just him that got support. I got support. We got him therapies and treatment. It happened to be that he got quality ABA at the Center for Autism and Related Disorders. That's why we are here at their headquarters, because I am their biggest fan. Uh, make no mistake about that. But I do like to tell you here on the show that quality ABA is, I think, the name of the game. And insurance clearly thinks that because they'll pay for it uh, here in the United States. And it is considered the gold standard of treatment for autism and has been since, I think, 1984, maybe. Maybe 94, I'm mistaken. Um, but uh, in any case, uh, CARD, you know, I love CARD. CARD does great quality ABA. My son is a living example of that. But I do like to remind all of you that they are not the only quality ABA provider that there is out there in the world. Um, but of course, I'm going to talk to you about them because they're the, the, the ones that I'm familiar with and they saved our lives. Like, like that's just the end of that sentence. They saved our, I would say they saved our bacon. Uh, they saved our lives, his life, our lives. Uh, we, we have a better life for having been through this process with CARD. But I want to help you to get to what you need. And I know that this is not one size fits all. And my kid is my kid and, and he is unlike anybody else on this planet. So what he needs, what I need, are not necessarily what you need. That's why I say to you, write in. But know that I'm not an expert. I have an informed opinion. I have been hosting shows about autism longer than anybody else on the planet. That's a pretty cool thing. And um, so I've had the opportunity to interview so many experts over the years, which means I've picked up some knowledge. I have an informed opinion. I am not an expert, but I have an informed opinion. So if you are interested in my informed opinion, I'm always uh, willing and able to share that, but, but understand that I'm not an expert. I like to tell you that. Okay, uh, the other thing is, is that on Thursdays, we like to start the show with something we fondly refer to as 
the jargon of the day. And uh, today is no different. We want to start out with the jargon of the day. This is when we take one word, one phrase, one acronym. We try to figure out what in the hey nani nani are those experts talking about, right? We find that uh, while these terms will drive us crazy if we let them, if we start to learn them little by little, because we can't let, allow ourselves to get overwhelmed by this, right? Little by little, they actually can help us because it, it gets at something. The thing about jargon is that jargon is very specific. It talks about one specific thing, um, and that's why we have jargon, right? Uh, I used to love waitress jargon, right? There's all these code things that you see. I waitressed my way through college and graduate school, right? Uh, and, and I still to this day love all of the waitress jargon that you really don't understand unless you've been a waitress. But um, in any case, uh, it's the same thing with ABA and with psychology and with autism, all these jargon terms, right? But now we're in this community, and I do think that this, I talk to the larger autism community. We always welcome people on the spectrum, but of course, the community that surrounds them, the people who love them and respect them and want to help them to get to the help and support they need, right? Um, and it behooves us to know what these terms are because it saves us time and money. All right, I'm just talking around the same thing. Today's term, you can see it there, it's echoics. And this is one of those terms that we, um, I, I just made the mistake of looking at my hair. Do you like my Boris Johnson do? I'm really, do you know who Boris Johnson is? Uh, in the morning, I wake up and look just like him. Uh, it's, a, it's a troubling thing for a woman my age. In any case, I digress. Uh, echoics. This is one of those terms where it's like, wait a second, you know, that looks familiar to me, but I'm not sure that I know what it means in terms of autism and in terms of treating autism. So let's demystify it. Let's give you the actual definition of echoics, and then we'll break it down into something simpler. Echoics, an elementary verbal operant involving a response that is evoked by a verbal discriminative stimulus that has point-to-point -point correspondence and formal similarity with the response. Someone, help me. Don't you just want to drown yourself? The what, the what, the what? It's just more jargon. If you don't know what a coex is, it's likely that you don't know what a verbal operant is and that you don't know what a verbal discriminative stimulus is and that you don't know what point-to-point -point correspondence is, right? So not incredibly useful to us. Okay, so let's go, let's take it down a notch and let's go to our working definition of echoics and see if we can't break this down. You see that the root word there is echo? Echoics is repeating something immediately after it's said. Right? Like, why do we have those other definitions? Can we go back to the, to the real one uh, and see why do people make things more difficult? Traven, let's go back to the other one. An elementary verbal operant involving a response that is evoked by a verbal discriminative stimulus that has a point-to-point -point correspondence and formal similarity with the response. It's echoing. Come on. Why do we have to make it that difficult? So repeating something immediately after it's said. We want to teach this to our kiddos um, because it's a way that we begin to build um, language, right? We want, um, very early on, with very, very small babies, we try to work on echoics. We pick a sound that is something that a baby is capable of making, 
right? And then we say it to them and try to get them to say it back to us. And when they do, we reward them. So, um, you know, if you are at all have been down the speech path, you know that there are certain sounds that, um, that babies can make and others that they work years to be able to perfect, right? So there is a class of sounds that are called plosives. Um, and this is the b and the p, right? Um, so those sounds are the structure of a baby's mouth and because they're, they're suckling, right? They are capable of making those sounds. They are capable of putting their lips together and going, buh, right? Uh, I don't think it's any coincidence that bottles were, are named bottles um, and that we, we say to babies when they're, you know, do you want your baba, right? Or sometimes we call the pacifier, which is another plosive, we call it your binky, right? The plosive sounds, these are easier for babies to make because they're, the mouth structure that is involved with sucking on something is the same ones that you will use, the same muscles that you will use to make the plosives. So a lot of times that's exactly what we start with when we're trying to get any age kiddo to make sound to produce to become vocal verbally vocal, right? Um, this is, you know, when we talk about toys during the holiday season, and I always talk about the gift of bubbles. Notice that it starts with a ba, ba, ba. Because bubbles are very reinforcing and they have the right sound. So a lot of times um, what we will do is get a jar of bubbles. It's a dollar. You know, um, and so we get the jar of bubbles. And by the way, if you don't have the dollar, there's a way to make bubbles. I think often it's more expensive than buying them at the dollar store. And I, probably at the dollar store, you can get a pack of bubbles for a lot less than a dollar. In any case, you know, you take and you blow some bubbles. And, and here's the thing, when we blow, we are working on those vocal, excuse me, the, the facial muscles that help produce vocal sound as well. So we blow and we try to get the child to imitate the right? But we do the bubbles and we have the child's attention. Most children love bubbles. I won't say all, but they love bubbles. And then, so we, we get their attention. They're loving the bubbles. They want more bubbles. So now we hesitate just a little bit and we, we make eye contact with the child if we can. And we say, buh, 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 bubbles, and then we blow right? And you will see if you do this enough times that the children start their mouth in the same way that you were. They're imitating you, uh, right? And, and if we say, buh, and then we pause, often they'll, they'll make the, the little facial structure thing. You can even try this. I do fish lips all the time when I'm standing in line at the grocery. The, you know, the, there's the baby in the cart, and my son makes fun of me because I do this all the time. I, you know, the babies love me. They think I'm Mrs. Claus. I, I don't know. Um, but I will start going... And you notice that babies try to imitate, right? If they're at all in tune to face, they will. Now, some of our kids are not, but they will be in tune to the bubble. And if you start going, but, but, but before every bubble, 
eventually, if you go ba, ba, and you pause, they will do something because they know that's the button. If you've done ba, 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 and the bubble comes out, and then you go ba, ba, and wait, they will try to push that button to make the bubbles go. And this is how we begin a coax. But a coax, you know, continues on for a really long time. It's that thing of, you know, we, you see it all the time with neurotypical children. You know, the mom says apple, which shields up the apple, and then the child says apple. We're trying to get our children to do that too, because this is the, a building block on which we will build all kinds of verbal things. Now, I know that there are some of you that are out there that are like, but no, my child is stuck on this. My child just repeats what we say, never gets to the next step, and that's because you need to have somebody working on all the other verbal operants. But I gotta be honest with you that one of the things that we see um, so often is, uh, you know, it used to be that the percentage of individuals who were on the spectrum who spoke was like 13%. And so 87% didn't speak. And now that number has flipped. 87% speak and there are 13% who don't because we've used the verbal operands to build language, right? Um, and, and one of the deciding factors in that is, is the child able to produce sound? Because if they are, Almost always a good quality ABA program can shape that into verbal communication. Um, sometimes it's not as, as fluent of a verbal communication, but hey, we'll take what we can get and build on that, right? Um, for kids who can't do this, we need to very quickly move to a PEC system or something of that nature um, so that they don't get frustrated. So work on a coex. Uh, try to get your child to imitate what you're doing. You can do the bubble thing. Anybody can do it. Buh, buh, bubble, right? Again and again and again, and then just buh, buh, wait, and see if they can make the movement. And if they do, you give them the bubble. And then try to get them to the sound, and if they can make the sound, you shape that up from there. Uh, and then eventually you go buh, and then they'll go buh, buh, right? And then you start to work on making them say bubbles, buh, buh, bubble, bubble and then more bubbles and then more bubbles please i want more bubbles please that could take a year uh, with a kiddo on the spectrum that's not unusual but that's a, a year well spent and you're working on other things at the same time but a coex repeating what has been said it is one of the verbal operants and when we have all the verbal operants in place and we've taught all of them effectively and reinforced them then what we will have is someone who is utilizing language to express themselves which is really what we all want right uh if we can if we can, that's a preference. Okay, moving on. Uh, we always have a question of the day for you, and I think that today is the perfect day for this question. Uh, it's important to ask yourself, uh, what are the things that you wanna spend your time doing? What's at the top of your bucket list? Do you have a bucket list? Are there things that you're like, man, you know what I really wanna do? Uh, and are you working towards those things? I think this is a super important thing to do and I think it's a positive thing to do and it's gonna go hand in hand with what our topic is for this week, which you guys already saw unveiled on Monday. So go ahead, Traven, show them that the topic of our week this week is creative visualization. I'm just jumping ahead without, without. <laughs> so, um, Creative visualization, and we talked a little bit about this on Monday, but it's, you know, having a picture in your head and visualizing things because when you can visualize something, it's easier to move towards it and it's easier to accomplish it. So, uh, you know, we're always talking about mindfulness on Thursdays and how to reduce stress. 
And one of the great things about uh, creative visualization is that um, it evokes emotions. So uh, there are people out there who go, well, you know, you know what I want more than, you know, if I could have any wish, I would wish to, to win a million dollars or maybe a billion dollars on, on the lottery. Okay. And you know, that's great. Please know that in the reality that winning a million or a billion dollars comes with some great things, but it also comes with some headaches, right? There's probably at least some paperwork that's going to happen in it. Not saying it's not something to wish for, but the reality of it is often mixed, right? But when you're doing creative visualization, you don't have to deal with all that, right? That you could just sit there today. And if that's really the thing that motivates you, that you're like, oh man, I can visualize myself having a billion dollars and what I would do with that, right? You can sit and visualize that and find yourself happier in the moment and feeling like, wow, you know, I feel pretty good. So the whole point of creative visualization is that you can have the emotion of what it is that you want and, and have it right now for free. You don't have to have to actually win a billion dollars to have the feeling of winning a billion dollars. And you know, you can do that with absolutely anything. So if you think about your bucket list, about things that you would like to do on your bucket list that maybe you haven't gotten to, right? If you were to take just a couple of minutes today and visualize yourself doing that and see how you feel. And if it makes you feel good, then it's okay to do that on a regular basis. And they have done studies about this to show that if on a, like let's say that you picture yourself hang gliding in the Alps and that it's something you really wanna do. Not me, let me just say. I, I don't wanna hang glide in the Alps, but let's say that you do. And every day you give yourself one minute Maybe in the morning, maybe in the evening, maybe you do it twice a day where you just sit and you close your eyes for a second and you visualize yourself winging your way across the tops of the trees in the Alps and feeling free and seeing the horizon and breathing and seeing those clouds and going, man, this is it. I am having such a good time. That if you sit there and visualize that, a couple of things are gonna happen. First of all, your stress level in that time is gonna go down and it's like an insurance policy because we see that when you lower your blood pressure and lower your stress for even a minute on a regular basis that it has an effect on sometimes the next 18 hours, right? Um, that you find yourself a little bit more centered, a little bit more focused, a little bit happier, right? So that's an immediate right now. You didn't even have to, you know, plan the airfare. You didn't have to do any goal. You got an immediate, you know, I feel better. But if you do it on a regular basis, science has shown that you will be more likely to do things towards that goal that maybe you haven't been saving to go to hang glide through the Alps, or maybe you just haven't done the research about it to know, but you will start to take steps because it's becoming more and more real to you. And if, and if when you're visualizing it, it's fabulous, you will want to move more towards that goal. So create a visualization. Even if you never get to go do that thing, there is a paycheck for it right now. And look, we could all use a little stress relief. Could we not? Uh, so maybe you can't get to the beach today. Maybe the beach is your place, your happy place. Maybe you cannot get there today. Nava, I'm thinking of you. I know that you would love to be in Hawaii on a wave right now, right? But maybe you can't get there today. But the truth of the matter is you can close your eyes and you can take yourself there for a minute today. It isn't the same, but the fact of the matter is, is that your mirror neurons will light up in your brain and it will, you will get something 
uh, of the same rush and feeling that you have, and that's better than nothing. So creative visualization and thinking about what's on your bucket list, ooh, it's a fabulous, fabulous thing to do. Okay. So on today's agenda, it's a special show I said today, we are going to be talking about mindfulness, um, but we're going to be mindful about our anxiety level having to do with the coronavirus, and we are going to do what is the easiest thing to do whenever you're having anxiety about something, which is to take action. That sometimes when, um, when we're having anxiety about something, we will get paralyzed, right? And, and we start to look at the big thing and the big thing is bigger than us and we can't really do anything about the big thing, right? And this could be the coronavirus or this could be your taxes. This could be the dishes in your sink, right? Because for each one of us, we got different challenges today. But the point is, is that when we take action, even a small action, then it becomes manageable and it's very hard to be anxious while you're taking uh, taking action. It's not impossible, but it's a way to mitigate the stress. So we're going to take a break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about one of the things that we all need to be doing and we're going to get specific about it um, to prevent the spread of coronavirus. And then we're going to sliver this sliver, sliver, sliver about things you can be doing today um, uh, to prepare yourself for whatever might be happening in your neighborhood. And we are going to talk specifically to those of you who have already decided um, that you're going on lockdown or those of you who have been told that you're on lockdown and it wasn't really your choice about how we get through this with our kiddos on the spectrum and not only survive, but thrive, right? Because that's what it's all about. So stick with us. We're going to be back right after these messages. Welcome back. I'm looking at some of the things that you guys wrote in and uh, Karen, you said, Karen Delaney said, uh, okay, you're way too gorgeous to compare yourself to Boris Johnson. Uh, for those of you who don't know who Boris Johnson is, he's the prime minister of England right now. And if you look up a picture of him, you will laugh yourself sideways because uh, I could be his twin and especially in the morning before I have makeup on. He has messy blonde, you know, uh, his is, I think, blonde and white hair and we look a lot alike. Uh, we probably are related somewhere down the line, although I don't want to admit it. He's not my favorite person. But um, I was just saying to Traven, I can go as him for Halloween, and I won't have to do anything except not put makeup on. Uh, okay, uh, we're saying hello to folks who are watching us in Bakersfield, and we're saying hello to folks who are watching us in Kentucky. Thank you so much for being here with us. Okay, so I promised that we, the first thing we were going to do is talk about the number one thing that we can all be doing to head off the, um, the spread of coronavirus and that is to wash our hands properly and to teach our kiddos to wash their hands properly. And we were talking about this yesterday about how we have to make it fun and it's like a dance move. You know, I, I think that one of the best things uh, about what's happening right now is that everybody's getting on the same page and learning how to wash their hands properly and this is going to be a good thing for all of us, not just now. I know people are like, were people not doing this before? But I don't think people understood what, uh, what it took to actually wash your hands properly. There are even some moves in this that I did not know until recently, um, but there are a series of steps that we need to do to wash our hands properly. Now, first of all, we don't want to uh, excessively waste water. So the first thing, and by the way, we want to teach this to our kiddos and go, hey, we're going to learn this new 
thing and you want to make it, make it exciting. And I was saying that we're going to put this to the tune of happy birthday because if you sing happy birthday twice, it is the exact amount of time that we all need to be washing our hands. And I think it's great to start in your home singing it out loud and modeling the behavior for our kiddos and, and going through the steps. And you can go through the steps before you go to the water and pretend that you're doing the water. So we pretend, turn on the faucet, and we want to make sure that we teach kiddos how to do warm water, not cold water, not hot water, making sure that they don't burn themselves, right? We want to do just a, a, a little bit of warm water to get our hands wet, and then we turn the water off, right? Kids love it when we mime, by the way. They, they think that's hilarious. Um, and for them, it helps with flexibility of mind because they're like, what are you doing? There's no sink here, right? It's teaching play imaginatively, right? So we're going to pretend to wash our hands right now. And so we turn on the water and we get it. We test it to see and it's warm. Great. So we get a little bit on and then we turn the water off and now we do one pump of soap. And we really want to emphasize that with kiddos because otherwise then you got soap everywhere and then you're out of soap before you need to be, right? One pump of soap. And then we're going to learn separate moves and we want to teach these to them individually. So the first thing that we want to do, which is the thing that everybody knows, which is that we're going to rub our hands together. And what we can tell kids is we're going to rub them fast, right? Make it exciting for them. Tell them we want to like, it's like if you rub your hands together fast, it gets warm, right? So rub them, rub them, rub them, see it. And now look, did you get bubbles? Rub them, rub them, rub them, rub them. Did you get bubbles? Um, and we're pretending right now, right? That's okay because later we're going to give them the soap and see, did we get bubbles? <gasps> I can see a bubble. That's great. Okay. So that's move number one. Move number two is that we want to take and take our hands on top of one another and get between the fingers and go like this. And we're going to do rub, 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 rub. And now do we get bubbles? Yes, we got bubbles. Now we're going to rub, rub, rub the other hand, right? So that's move number two. Wonderful. Now we're going to take our hands together and, and do it this way. We're going to rub them together and do the hands together and do it that way. Isn't that fabulous? Right. Yeah. Uh, and then in between, you know, we can, we can do this with them because we're going to end with this, right? And they don't have to be in a necessary order or you can say that they go in an order. It's great to have pictures. They're all over online to show. But everybody's done then, right? But we're not done. That doesn't really do it. So now we're going to take our fingers together and we're teaching them to scrub this part of their finger. We don't need a nail brush to be able to do this because we're going to use our hands together. So we're going to put our fingers like this and we're going to scrub this hand, right? And then we're going to turn it over and we're going to scrub this hand and we're getting that part of our fingertips. Great. Wonderful. We've taught them a new move. And then we're going to go to this move where we take our palm and we're going to take our fingertips and we're going to draw circles. Fast, 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 fast circles, right? Do we have bubbles? Yay. We're going to do the other side and we're going to do this. Fast, 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 fast. Do we have bubbles? We do, right? And then we're going to end up with this and then we're going to do our wrists. Uh, do this and we don't want to forget our thumbs. We're going to take our thumbs and we're going to do this and make like a fun toy and do this with the other side, right? And finish it all up and then we will rinse, right? So we're going to teach all of these moves to our kiddos and then we move to the sink. And we're going to teach all of those moves at the sink with our kiddos, making it fun, fun, fun. And then we say to them, are we ready for the song? And now we're going to sing it and so we Turn on the water, happy birthday to, right? I don't, I don't know that legally I can sing the whole thing, but you want to sing it through twice and make it fun. You can be dancing around while you're doing it. You can be making the moves, right? Make it groovy, whatever. But that is the hand washing protocol. 
doing that whole thing to happy birthday twice. Now, let's be honest, are there parts that you didn't know? Because I gotta be honest, I had never heard of this one doing the circles before. I'm loving it. It only takes us like a minute to get this whole thing done um, and then we're good to go. Of course, you also wanna teach them to dry their hands off really well and you wanna you know, check yourself at your house for how are you doing that drying off. It's really best to use it with something that is disposable or you're gonna be doing a lot of laundry but not having everybody wiping their hands, drying their hands off on the same towel. That's no longer something that we should be considering doing, okay? So we need to model this behavior and we need to teach this to all of our kiddos. And, you know, I think doing it away from the sink first uh, is the way to go for a lot of our kiddos. Some of our kiddos are so, they love the water so much that when we get to the sink and do the water, ultimately that's going to be a good thing. But to teach them these new moves, um, it's, we're going to be competing with this thing that I love so much, was the, which is the water and the splashing. Um, but I think the, the you know, teaching the, the bubbles and checking for it, uh, a really good idea. So hand washing. That, you know, hands down, this is something that is in our control. So I, I know that sometimes people get a little OCD about it and start washing their hands too much. There's no such thing of that, as that right now. There just isn't. So let's make sure that we're washing hands and keeping hands clean. Uh, make sure that we're not, we, what we don't want to do is pair the hand washing with any form of anxiety for the kiddos by saying, you know, I know we want to say washing away the germs, right? But that can cause the anxiety and then it could be a problem where your kid is standing there and they're only washing their hands, right? We don't want to do that. So let's teach them. Um, how to do these hand washing moves, and we, we do it because it's fun and because it's the right thing to do, right? Uh, but keep the germ conversation to a minimum if it possible. Okay, so now I want to take a couple of seconds and talk about what are the things that if that you should be looking at taking care of right now. And these are things that if we're honest with each other, um, and I always try to be honest with you guys, th these are the things that we should be doing on a regular basis anyway because you might live in tornado, tornado alley, right? Or here we live in earthquake land, right? Or, um, you know, my friends who are watching in Oswego, New York, you know that sometimes you get a blizzard, right? So there are certain precautions that we need to take for any kind of um, issue that comes up in our life where we have to be prepared. And we can be in the anxiety of it or we can just get prepared. So what's on your list of things to do to make sure that you are prepared? The, the first thing that we're all being asked to do is make sure that you have uh, the medicines that you need to have that you get on a regular basis. So if you haven't already, um, there are, are lots of different ways and it might be through your health provider or there are uh, pharmacies that are online. Get yourself signed up for uh, medication delivery and order all of your meds right now. There are probably some meds that you're like, oh, I could wait another week. Don't. Don't do that. Let's get all your meds and all the meds for your children ordered now so that you have a 30-day supply of medicine right now because then you can check that box off and that's really what we want to be doing right now. Not creating further anxiety but checking the boxes going, no, got it. Um, you've done this before in your life. Uh, I know that when uh, when a blizzard is coming, you know, w w those of you who live in blizzard land, 
Uh, what do we do? We go, oh, I got to go to the store, get this, you know, lay in a supply of this. Often in the fall, you put things in knowing, ah, there's going to be a weekend where we might be stuck at home and I'll want to make that pot of chili. And so here are the ingredients and I got to have it, right? So we start with the medication and then the next thing that we need to check off on our box is, do we have the right cleaning supplies? Um, I know there's been all this mass hysteria about the masks, not the masks, the gloves, not the gloves, the Lysol, not the Lysol, what's available online, what isn't available online. Take a minute and just do an inventory in your house of the cleaning supplies that you have. You might already have exactly what you need. If you find that you don't, uh, I would encourage you to go online right now. There's lots of different ways to order supplies, whether it's through Amazon or uh, a lot of friends are telling me that where they live, they have those pickup services at places like Target and their grocery stores and Walmart. You don't even actually have to go in. You order it online, you pull up, and they load it into your car and you get to go home. How fabulous is that? Take advantage of that right now. This is a great time to learn how to do that online, sign up to do it, go and get whatever supplies you need for your home. I know um, everybody's very interested in the Lysol supplies and they are um, not available in some areas. If you can't get your hands on something that's like a Lysol where you can clean off surfaces, um, I will tell you that I did some reading about this last night and they're saying online that hydrogen peroxide is as effective, um, they believe, on the coronavirus as Lysol. And a lot of us have hydrogen peroxide and a lot of it is not sold out yet. So if you have to, um, that's potentially another thing that you can look at to do. But making sure that you have the cleaning supplies to clean up so that we're minimizing viral transmission at home, right? Um, but then I want you to like sort of while you're taking inventory, kind of take a look at your pantry, see what you have, what you don't have. And uh, also because if you have kiddos at home that are on the autism spectrum, you want to make sure sometimes they're on special diets. It's, it's the time right now because you still can order things online and have them delivered to your home. Uh, there are so many specialty diet items that you can order on Amazon.com and they bring them right to your doorstep. It's, I have to say, one of the most fabulous things on the face of the planet. Um, and there are other services besides Amazon that do this as well. So take the opportunity to make sure that you put in some supplies for the specialty things that your child needs if you are not able to get out to the store for a week or potentially two weeks. So go ahead and order those things now. And while you're doing it, take a look at what do you have in your house that are craft supplies. Um, we're gonna be doing some stuff here on the show uh, about you know things to entertain your kids while you're home, things that where you can keep it educational. And so I'm trying as much as possible to put together all these crafts that utilize things that are already in your home, things like your toilet paper tubes and your paper plates um, and wrapping paper that you might have using the back of it for craft supplies. I got all these plans for you. But uh, take a moment to say, you know, do I, you know, do I need to have some construction paper? Do I have safety scissors? Do I have crayons? That kind of thing that you can create some things on your own as well. Um, and, you know, order inexpensively right now, have it shipped to your house so that you can do that. 
Uh, we're not talking about hoarding. I want to make sure that everybody knows this is not about hoarding, but like if you knew that you were going to be home for a week for a blizzard, what would you want to have in your house? Um, you know, I got to say that my family is not a big popcorn. Like we don't eat popcorn that often, but the other day I was like, you know, I think that'd be fun um, to have you know, to pop some popcorn. We're not home enough usually to pop popcorn. And if we're going to be home, you know, we don't know. Some of you already know that and you're at home and, and you know that that's where you're going to be. But the rest of it's like, well, the worst thing that can happen is that later on, you know, next week you could pop some popcorn and when, you, when you're not stuck at home, right? So only buy things that you know that you will eventually use. This is not about being wasteful, right? Um, okay, so at that point, then I think it's really important for, and we should always have this, is have a list of phone numbers for everything that's important. So that, um, and this is, we should always, always, always have this somewhere where everybody in the family knows where it is um, and that your kiddo knows where it is as well so that if there's any kind of, you know, we need to call the pediatrician, we're not going to look for the number. Uh, if we need the number for the pharmacy, we're not going to look for the number. If we need grandma's number on, on the sheet, we need to have next door neighbor number on the sheet. It's what you would leave for a babysitter. Make sure that that sheet is up to date and that it's someplace important and that everybody knows where it is. These are some of the things that you can go check, 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 check. I have all of that. Um, then you will feel a little bit more in control of what is happening in your life. And control helps to boop, 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 boop the anxiety, right? All right, we're going to take a break and then we're going to come back and talk about, for those of you who already know that you're quarantined for a little bit of a period of time, and I know some of you have been writing and going, I don't know what to do. We're going to head that off at the pass uh, and, and share with you the things that families have been doing for centuries to help entertain kiddos uh, and, and we'll give you the 411 about how to make sure that that's working for your kiddo on the spectrum. So stick with us. Welcome back to Autism Live on this very special episode where we're talking about things that we can do to lower our stress as we're looking at the coronavirus and some of you have already been writing in and saying that you are self-quarantining or that you are on lockdown that has been ordered or you feel that that might be imminent and that there's a certain amount of, oh, I'm going to be home with my kiddos and I might be home for a period of time and what is that going to look like and how am I going to survive that? And I want you to know that we're not going to leave you alone. We're going to be here and we're going to be doing shows. Um, but I want to give you some things to do right now for those of you who are already in this circumstance. And one of the greatest things that we know that we can do for ourselves is to create a schedule and to keep things uh, as normal as we can. Um, and that if we do a visual schedule, this will help us to organize our thoughts and that often we can show this to our kiddos that are on the spectrum and go, you know, we're gonna do this now and we're gonna do this now. And I know it's like not the sexy thing. It's not the big romantic, spontaneous, oh, we're having so much fun. But you know what is less fun is our kids having a tantrum and us feeling like we've got nothing we can do and no place that we can go. Right, so you want to make a visual schedule for yourself, and it's uh, it's funny we've been uh, making some videos um, for parents about uh, 
bedtime and sleeping and routines and how important it is to keep something routine that our kids love routine it actually lowers their stress level I know it feels like a big holiday when we go you can stay up you don't have school tomorrow so you can stay up as late as you want to but the truth is is that doesn't help anybody it throws us all cattywampus and then our kids feel like what's happening I don't understand right and they don't always have the ability to tell us I don't understand what's happening things feel different I sense this anxiety in the air right um, they're little barometers and they can tell that everybody's a little bit like ah right so we want to make a schedule for ourselves and one that we share with our kiddos it can be something that you do on a piece of paper and and put it on a kitchen cabinet it could be something you can you know get creative with it and and make it colorful uh, you can you know make it as big as you want to I remember doing this once when summer was looming and and having it all laminated with little you know velcro stickies you don't have to go crazy like that right <laughs> And we didn't end up using the Velcro stickies in the way that I had imagined in my head when I did it. But, um, but do give yourself a visual schedule and feel free to remake it every day or stick to the same one. And I think starting with that routine of we go to bed at the same time, we get up at the same time. Your kids need some normalcy right now and so do you. And we all need rest. That's important to health and well-being is rest. So going to bed at the same time, getting up at the same time. Um, and, you know, including regular meals in the schedule, sometimes when we're home, it can be very easy to just snack through the day, right? And then we find that our kiddos aren't hungry at dinner time, and it's like, ah. So in the schedule, as you're making the schedule, you know, you put the what time we're going to get up, and you plop in the three meals of when they're going to be. And if you need to, you know, put in a snack or two snacks, schedule them because otherwise it gets slippery you know what i'm saying right and then we want to make sure that we schedule in physical activity uh, if you're going to be home at any uh, for any amount of time with your kiddo this is going to become a priority because people we know this from being snowed in you know it's like you get a little cabin fever is what they call it and what a great way um, to connect, I think doing it, you know, first thing in the morning sets you up for success. Um, so now there are lots of different things that you can do. You can just put YouTube on and go through and, and find either dance videos and dance along with them with your kiddo, or they have exercise videos. These are all free. There's also ones you could subscribe to, but if you can do it for free, why pay money, right? Um, but there, the world is full of, if you have any kind of a cable or, or satellite dish, there, there are exercise channels and, um, you know, there are apps on the iPad and on the phone and it doesn't have to be difficult, um, but it should be something that is fun. Um, that's why I think if your kiddo likes music, um, you know, if, it could be that your child loves their, their old videos of Barney, for instance. And Barney has dance videos that are on YouTube. Um, and even some of our older kids like it, you know? I mean, there is a time and a place for everything. And, you know, maybe at a different time I would tell you, well, let's pick something a little bit more age appropriate. Right now we're about, let's be as comfortable as we can with everything under the sun. So if your kiddo is 18 and they love to work out to Barney videos, let's work out to Barney videos. Let's get moving and, and, and make it really fun. Now, um, if you're, we want to make sure that our kiddos are doing 
enough um, heavy, what we call heavy work. An OT will call this heavy work, where um, where they're using the the big muscles. It's the gross motor stuff, right? Um, and and if we're doing dancing, if they're really good at dancing, they will be doing some of that gross motor. But if if they don't quite know what physically what they're doing with their body, that could be left out. So um, we literally create things for our kids to do. Um, with the things that we have in our house. So it could be that we're going to pick up all of the dining room chairs and move them from the dining room into the living room, right? And then we're, we're going to, uh, you could put um, uh, wax paper on the bottom of, uh, of your feet and pretend that you're ice skating in the dining room. Well, the real thing that we were doing that was the exercise was the picking up and the moving the dining room chairs because that's the heavy work. Heavy work is pushing and pulling and lifting um, and those kinds of things. And we want to do a lot of that. I remember there was a period of time when they were having my son, we had one of those big ottomans and they would just have him push it uh, across the room and there would be a finish line and then we would all cheer, right? Because we want to activate those big muscles, right? So if you can't get them to do it in in a traditional exercise video sort of circumstance, then create things for them to do and make it fun, make it a game. It's so that you're doing it too because you need the exercise too and you need the, all that stuff too and it means we'll sleep better at night. So, and if you have multiple kids, it's like, all right, we're gonna have a race where, and here are the rules. You know, you get to pick up a dining room chair and you can't, you, you know, you can't run, right? Because we don't want to be running with a dining room chair, but we're, we're going to, you know, you have to walk fast and you have to hold the chair in this way. And we're going to, you have to get over across the finish line and come back and get another one and move the two of them, right? And we see who can do that the fastest. And pick something in your house that you can do that with. Um, something that's got some weight to it, but not enough weight where anybody's getting hurt, right? It can be as simple as, uh, you know, taking the canned goods out of one cupboard and moving them into the living room and then moving them back, right? Because they're having to lift these one pound cans. But it it's that lifting, you know, pushing, pulling, it's sensory information that their body needs and it helps to wear them out right so make sure you include exercise in the day and that it's fun right and so do a little bit of dancing but that heavy work that you need to do uh, it can be a thing where um, you, you know, sometimes we tell people to do this for cleaning, that we're going to teach kids how to clean, um, but we're going to do it in this fun way and make sure that we're having that push and pull. By the way, when you're running the vacuum cleaner, right, you're pushing and pulling. It's those big, big things that we want to do. Uh, other things that you want to include on the visual schedule, make, you know, put some things in there that are super fun for the kiddos. Like, you know, there's an hour of video game play. There's like, we're going to do this, this, and this, and then you get video game play, right? Or you get your iPad. Make sure that you schedule those things in but it can't be the whole day right um, so we we put in um, things I want to encourage you today right now go in and sign up for Khan Academy K-H-A-N Academy.com it's free you can sign up for a parent account and your child account and they have every subject under the start sons sons starting with pre-k and it's videos where they're learning. And you can be seeing what they're learning because you're on your parent account. If you have older kiddos, uh, we did this one summer where my son learned how to do computer animation and I was taking the class alongside him. I did not finish, he did. <laughs> 
just saying. But it's free, and your kiddos can be learning all kinds of things, not falling behind. If your school is offering any kind of an online thing, take advantage of it. But put in breaks uh, where they get a snack or a treat and where we move and where we do something fun. I personally think that crafts are a really great thing to work on with kids. Um, and the world, I'm going to be featuring, like I said, some crafts on the show, but you don't even have to wait for me. Spend a little bit of time on Pinterest. Go on Pinterest and pin the things that you like and go, oh, there's a craft that I know that I want to do. Um, there's a craft that I know that my kiddo would love. And then we're going to be talking on the show about how you turn the craft into an educational experience. Look, this is an ideal situation for any of you that are looking at this or are currently in a quarantine or a lockdown situation. It's not ideal. But I got to tell you something that we could be stuck in that mode of thinking about it or we can say, how can we fill this time and have it be advantageous? How can I have a better relationship with my child? How can I build our family time so that we're having more fun? How can I keep my child busy so that I don't have a child who's flipping out, right? There are going to be some things that are going to be specific to each child and we're going to have experts here talking about the kinds of things that you can do. Hold my hand. Si se puede, right? We get through this together. But I'm just saying that at the end of this period of time that you are on lockdown, it's possible that if we institute these things that we could actually end in a place where we're like, you know, that wasn't the thing that I wanted to do, but hey, we accomplished this. Um, you know, my child is in better shape than they were before and we didn't even leave the house. I'm in better shape than we were before. My child and I now have this new interest in, um, you know, there's that Missy Tripoli body grooves you know she does uh, dance moves that anybody can do and maybe you and your child find that you really really enjoy that right um, but let's make the best of it that we can and let's make the best of the time with the child we will uh, spot check and you can be writing in about specific challenging behavior that you're concerned about and we'll have experts here to address that but let's Keep our anxiety level low. Let's check the boxes. And when you need the break, stop, do the creative visualization, picture the thing on your bucket list. Know that a time will come in the future when you're gonna get to do all the things that you wanna do. We can get through this together, right? Si se puede. All right, uh, I, I believe that we are out of time. I thank you so much. It is such a joy and a privilege to be here with you. Keep the faith. I, I, excuse me, I'm sorry, Traven. Oh, I got to tell you that tonight is the season finale for Everything's Gonna Be Okay. You know that we love that show. You know that I love that show. Hey, you know, there's a whole bunch on TV that you can get caught up on. I would tell you that I think that this is a great show. It is not for your littles. Um, if you have a teenager and there's some topics that you're really wanting to talk about with them, you might even want to screen it first and then show it to them. By the way, it's available on Hulu the whole season. Um, so check it out. Everything's going to be okay. Season finale is tonight. I know where I'm going to be. I know what I'm going to be watching. I'm just saying. Uh, I can't wait to see. I don't. If you haven't been watching, I don't want to give away, but they've gone somewhere and I can't wait to see what happens. Um, and I'm just going to say this. Bug Dance. 
Yes, I said it. And now you have to go and figure out why Shannon said that. Most hilarious thing, most wonderful thing on the face of the planet. All right. Uh, love to all of you. It's all going to be, we're all going to get through this together, right? And everything's going to be okay. Watch it tonight. Uh, I'm going to be back here tomorrow. We've got a great episode of Let's Talk Autism with Shannon and Nancy, uh, our wonderful guest. Oh my gosh, what a fabulous, inspirational young man. Uh, ben Hart. Hartranft. It's a, it's a lot of consonants. Hartranft. He is the autism ambassador for the Eagles and he, you're just going to love him. So uh, make sure that you are here to check that out tomorrow. Until then, give your kiddos a hug from me and one for you too. Bye-bye for now.